Welcome to an Anatomy of an Opening, an original series here on YouTube where I take a look at the very first page of an acclaimed novel and take it apart sentence by sentence to figure out what makes it tick. The goal of this video is to glean a powerful lesson from a masterful writer, and I promise you will enjoy whether you're an aspiring writer or just an admirer of the craft of story. So stick around, grab a coffee, and hit that like button. Today, we are reading the fifth season by N.K. Jemison. God, this is the third weekend that I have sat down to film videos and it has started pouring down rain out the window just next to where I shoot the videos. Come on! Anyway, we're gonna roll with it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! Let's go. Before we get started, if you're unfamiliar with the Broken Earth trilogy or N.K. Jemison, you should know that this book, along with every other book in the trilogy, won a Hugo Award for Best Novel three years in a row when they were released. So I think it's safe to say that this one is worth checking out. But enough of the jabbering, let's jump right into it. You are here. The prologue title reads, Much of this novel is written in the second person point of view, so get ready. Let's start with the end of the world, why don't we? Get it over with and move on to more interesting things. This is our opening line. Frequently in writing advice, there's an emphasis placed on the strength of your opening sentence. It should be unique. It should rip a reader's attention or set the tone, pose a question. The ultimate overarching goal is always to convince the reader to keep reading. So Jemison chose to immediately address the end of the world. Naturally. The thing is, opening your book with the end of the world, despite its allure, isn't that novel. Years ago, that might have been the case, but in our modern fantasy climate, it can feel cheap. But that's only the case if Jemison wasn't so good at what she does. Jemison treats this opening line like a trope, and she twists and subverts it to make it her own. And she tells us a lot with very few words. She addresses the end of the world lazily, as if it's not all that important to the overarching story. It's a form of comedy in and of itself when she says, get it over with and move on to more important things. It's truly dark comedy, and I can't deny I chuckled at the absurdity of it. But it also instills us with a sense of hopelessness that's going to be incredibly important to this book. Let's look at the next line. First, a personal ending. There is a thing she will think over and over in the days to come, as she imagines how her son died and tries to make sense of something so innately senseless. She will cover UK's broken little body with a blanket, except his face, because he is afraid of the dark, and she will sit beside it, numb, and she will pay no attention to the world that is ending outside. Here, Jemison expounds on just what exactly is more important than the world ending. And I think this is important because Jemison knows just what is more important to the reader than spectacle. It's intimacy. The true horror and pain of a mother who's lost a child. She alludes to awful events that we don't really know the true extent of yet, and uses that knowledge to force us to read on. We can't help ourselves. What on earth happened to end the world? What happened to her son? 
Next, we read, The world has already ended within her, and neither ending is for the first time. She's old hat at this by now. What she thinks then, and thereafter, is, But he was free. And it is her bitter, weary self that answers this almost question every time her bewildered, shocked self manages to produce it. He wasn't. Not really. But now, he will be. For a book this serious, Jemison's choice of openings is incredibly appropriate. This is because it goes straight for the heartstrings. How can we as readers not sympathize with this woman that we don't even know yet? Jemison hasn't even named her, but we're already feeling her pain. In the previous lines, we learned that her son was afraid of the dark, which was Jemison's tactful way of implying his age without outright saying it. A beautiful exhibition of writing craft, really. But now this woman is warring inside herself. Because despite the youth of her son, she asserts that he wasn't truly free. We don't get to find out yet, but we can't help but start contemplating. What life could be dire enough that a child is more free in the afterlife than the present? Here, the page breaks and begins anew. This is the last part that we're going to read, and it's going to be a larger paragraph that does a lot of things. I could go into the finer aspects of each sentence, but if I were to do that, there are so many brilliant sentences that we would be here all day. So we're just going to attempt to read it and take it all in. Here goes. But you need context. Let's try the ending again. Writ continentally. Here is land. It is ordinary, as lands go. Mountains and plateaus and canyons and river deltas. The usual. Ordinary, except for its size and its dynamism. It moves a lot, this land. Like an old man, lying restlessly abed it heaves and sighs, puckers and farts, yawns and swallows. Naturally, this land's people have named it the stillness. It is a land of quiet and bitter irony. The stillness has had other names. It was once several other lands. It's one vast, unbroken continent, at present, but at some point in the future, it will be more than one again. Very soon now, actually. So what we see here is a change in direction from the previous pieces of the opening. We've cut to black, and Jemison has tried putting a new tape into the VCR. When she says, let's try the ending again, we get a special sense of personality from the narrator. Like, we're not reading a novel, more listening to a story being told to us by someone who's actually lived it. It's complete with all of the verbal intricacies of a wandering mind. The writing is intensely polished, but the style of narration makes it still feel rough and jagged around the edges. It makes it feel real. In the opening sentences earlier, Jemison gave us enough questions to allow herself to begin explaining some of them now. Because this world is vastly different from our own, and a little bit of world building is in order. That's why I'm going to stop there. It goes on from there in the same fashion, lathering the page with personality, emotional weight, and setting the stage for things that are to come. This is only a prologue, after all. This opening bursts from the page slowly, ominously and with a distinct voice. But it doesn't feel like the voice of a character. It's the voice of merely the narrator. 
A voice that seems both detached and attached to the narrative at the same time. Jemison perfectly conveys everything she wants to the reader. And what's really impressive is the way that she asserts her dominance over the narrative. It quickly becomes clear that you, the reader, are not in control. The characters are not in control. Only Jemison is in control. And only she knows where this is going. The author does so much with viewpoint throughout the novel that it would be pointless to try and encompass it in one video. But I hope that you've gotten a taste of the true tact with what I've given you. This novel didn't win awards for nothing. So when in doubt about how to open a novel, go for the heart. Give the reader the most potent taste of what you have to offer. If it's a comedy, it needs to be immediately funny. But if it's a twisted and dark drama like this one, give us the twisted and dark drama. This is exactly what Jemison does. This is the tone of the entire book. This is where we're going, and if you don't like it yet, you might want to think about getting off the ride. But if you do, you are in for an emotional roller coaster. That's it for this one, guys. Let me know what you thought of this video in the comments below. Leave a like on the video if you liked it, and subscribe to the channel for more content like this in the future. I will see you guys in the next video.